Have you been affected by the suicide death of a beloved friend or family member? If so, you're probably facing many unanswered questions. We hope to discuss some of them today. This is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life with your host, Marshall Adler. Marshall lost his own son, Matt, at the age of 32 and has since dedicated his life to talking to people who have also been affected by suicide. Now, here is Marshall Adler. Hello, I want to thank you all so much for listening to today's show because I have a very, very, very special guest that I want to introduce you uh, to today's, uh, for today's episode. My guest is a friend of mine for almost 40 years. As many of you know, I'm an attorney who practices workers' compensation law in the Central Florida, Orlando, Florida area. And John Gearock, my special guest tonight, is a friend of mine who is a professional colleague. He's also a workers' compensation lawyer in the Central Florida area. But John and I have been very, very, very good friends for both professionally and personally for almost 40 years. And before I get into our friendship, I want to talk a little bit about something that actually is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Both John and I are very serious football fans. John is the biggest, the best, the most knowledgeable Florida State Seminole University football fan that I have ever seen. And I have a I have been a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan, for better or for worse, after four Super Bowl losses. But John and I have talked for hours and hours and hours over football, college football, pro football, some of the Florida State players who played for the Bills, and they tell me who's going to be good. And John is a savant when it comes to college football in general and Florida State in particular. But I want to give you some background about John and his wonderful family. I want to tell you all, before I introduce you to John, I want to tell you a heartwarming story that I'm not even sure John truly remembers, but I certainly do. I used to do what's called defense work. I used to represent workers' compensation insurance companies in the early 1980s. Uh, For the last 30 years plus, I've done what's called claimants work, representing injured workers. So I used to have to travel around the Southeast in, in the state of Florida. And one time, I think it was 1983, I had to travel to Tallahassee, Florida, and I actually had cases they had to work on with John. And John brought his wife, Deborah, and I believe two of his sons, including his son Christopher, to this work day in Tallahassee. And I don't think I was married at the time, I think it was 1983. And I was so impressed by the love that John had for his family and the love that he had for his sons. And I'll never forget that day because it was one of those days saying, you know, I think I'd like to emulate what John's doing as a father because I see the love that he has for his sons. And sure enough, John was there with his two sons. And as you know, people listen to this radio show, I had two sons, Matt, who unfortunately passed away July 22nd, 2018, and my other son, David. So I've always looked up to John as a friend professionally, but also as a prospective father. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce 
my very good friend, John Gearock. And John, do you even remember that trip to Tallahassee? Because I remember it very well. I know it was a long, long time ago, but I'd like to have you introduce yourself to the audience, see if you remember that trip, but also please tell us about your wonderful son, Christopher, because I think this is sort of the basis of the show today, and I would think the audience would really like to get as much understanding about a wonder, what a wonderful human being your son Christopher was. Well, first of all, Marshall, I, I just want to uh, tell anybody and everybody who's listening that uh, you and I have been friends for 40 years because you and I have a lot in common, notwithstanding the fact that you are Jewish and I am Christian. And uh, the uh, one thing that's important to me uh, above all else, Marshall, is that we have a lot of people in this world who are prejudiced about other people, Jews, blacks. My uh, claim to fame in my world is I have no prejudices. I love my Jewish friends. I have a lot of Jewish friends. I, I resonate with my Jewish friends, my black friends, my Indian friends, and, uh, and, and, I, and I try every day to uh, let everyone with whom I come in contact uh, know that we're all just people trying to make it through a day. And uh, segueing into my son, uh, Chris, uh, he, uh, was, uh, born one year after my wife and I got married. He was born in 75. My wife and I got married in 74 and, uh, he was the light of our lives forever. Uh, Chris was a very smart, uh, individual. Uh, I would dare say his IQ was very high. And so therefore, he was able to do uh, many things, some things he did with fervor and other things, maybe uh, not so much fervor. But the bottom line was, his greatest asset, in my opinion, was he was a lover. He loved my mother, his grandmother. He loved my wife's mother, his grandmother. And he loved them so much that for an inexplicable reason, he would go out of his way to remember their birthdays, remember Mother's Day. And, uh, and he, was, uh, he was a family, family-oriented guy who loved his sister, my, my daughter, Melissa, uh, loved his brother, Tony, now the, John Anthony Girock. Christopher Edward Gerock. Uh, my two sons had different personalities. Same womb, different personalities. Very different. So they would sometimes fight like cats and dogs, the two, the two, my two sons, uh, because they weren't on the same sheet of music. My daughter and my son Chris were, were uh, definitely on the same sheet of music mm -hmm. and uh it was it was really uh amazing to see the uh camaraderie that my son chris 
my daughter Melissa uh, had. They were four years apart in age, and uh, 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 and and they were they were very very loving of one another. Uh, right. And he got a lot of he had a lot of friends. Uh, some of his friends, uh, ultimately in high school went, uh, different ways that were not, um, good. And that means, that means, that means drugs. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, that's, uh, what happened to my son. He, uh, he passed uh, from an overdose of cocaine, uh, but he was he was a lawyer he became a lawyer in uh colorado uh, that's where he went to law school uh and uh he was just he was a he was a tough guy to to raise because he had his own uh his own way of doing things and he uh didn't want to be told things. Uh, Chris could uh, spin a weave, uh, as the saying goes, uh, and say, "Well, I'm doing this or I'm doing that." And when he, when in fact he was doing something else, and and he could do that very well. He was very good at that. But the bottom line was, uh, I loved Chris. My wife loved Chris. Uh, my whole extended family loved Chris because he was a jokester he, he loved humor uh and he was a he had fervor for life when he was in colorado he uh was uh, kayaking he was skiing he was hiking he was camping i had the joy of bringing his rav4 that we had gotten him uh for the mountains of colorado and i brought brought it back home and it was my car uh, from uh, probably a year after he passed when we got it here uh, up until uh, recently when I had an accident on I-4 and it got the frame bent wow. and it killed me because wow. that was a car that he used to, to do all those things in Colorado. Right. And, and unfortunately, it was also the car in which uh, he left this world. Uh, but I, 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 I will never forget Chris ever because he was an incredible part of my life. He was a very loving part of my life, even though he ended up becoming a gator. Uh, that's a football <laughs> reference. Uh, that, 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 that's a that, big offense for, for Seminole to say that. That, that. that is correct, Marshall. And, but in spite of that, uh, because he, he did go to Florida. He went to Florida State the first year and then had to transfer because of all his friends being at, at, at Gainesville. And I never uh, – and, and the interesting part about that is while he was at Gainesville, he stayed a Seminole. So, wow. but, but, but the bottom line is uh, Chris's basic personality was love. And uh, great. Uh, it, he, he, he had his moments – but the bottom line was that he was my firstborn son, and uh, uh, I am glad that I'm a Christian, and I'm glad he's in heaven right now. Let, let that, me ask you something. I, I've yes. always been amazed because I people don't know this, that I always admired you because when I first 
met you, it was Gerak and Gerak. And who was the other Gerak? Your father. And I really liked your father. And I really liked the fact that you and your dad practiced together because I was very close to my father. My father was a podiatrist foot surgeon. I couldn't work with him. And I always thought it was wonderful that you practiced with your father so many years. Did you ever think of practicing with Christopher? Was that ever something that you two talked about or that was something that discussed or was in the plans down the road? Because again, I, I always thought it was wonderful that you were practicing with your dad when I first met you so many years ago. Yeah, it, that's a very good question, Marshall. It really is. I, uh, <clears throat> I would have loved it. I, 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 I thought about it so many times, uh, but by the same token, my dad and I uh, had this relationship because of who he was. Great guy. Uh, great guy. Chris and I, Chris and I, and he was a great man, B-17 bomber in World War II. He was oh. a member of the greatest generation. And, and I know you feel that same way about yes. your father too, Marshall. Yes. And I, I, I resonate with that. Uh, but unfortunately, my son and I, because of his strong personality and my strong personality, I'm not sure that we would have made it together <laughs> as, as practitioners. However, I did, I did think about it, Marshall, because I loved him so much and I, I wanted him to come back here to Florida, but he loved Colorado. The problem was he didn't have the friends in Colorado that he had here. He had some people that were into stuff that he shouldn't have been into and in the yuppie society, you know, and they'd go to uh, parties or uh, go to clubs or whatever. And the next thing you know, in the bathroom, what did they have? Cocaine and, and yeah. illicit drugs. And, yeah. and, and frankly, uh, my son could not take drugs. He took them. He had a seizure. He was with a girlfriend called from the hospital because his girlfriend told him, you call your parents because I'm not going to stay with you unless you call your parents. And he called us and told us what he had done. And he said, it was just, I just tried it. That's all. And, uh, and so uh, uh, getting back to task, yes, I would love to have practiced law with a marshal, even wow. if it would have been a uh, uh, oil and water situation, potentially. You know, each, each kid is just so different. And I know each parent loves the uniqueness of every child because you can have you know, obviously the same gene pool, same parents, same DNA, but entirely different way of looking at life. Like, I, you know, my two sons, Matt and Dave, love both of them, but they were just so different. They loved yeah. each other. They got along, but Matt was phenomenal. He was a walking encyclopedia of movies, not into sports at all. Dave completely loves sports. Again, same gene pool, same parents, same household, two different ways of looking at life. And I think as a parent, it actually sort of makes it interesting because we're all different parts of, you know, you and I both love sports, but we love other things too. You know, I love music and art and culture and history. And you see different parts of your own personality in your children. And sometimes you don't even recognize it until you see them grow up. So I, I can definitely see what you're saying about that because, you know, the 
I didn't know Christopher as well as I knew your dad. And I saw a lot of you in your dad. And it sounds like in, in a lot of different ways, you had a lot of Christopher had a lot of you and you had a lot of Christopher in, in each other. And, and sometimes too much of a similarity can be difficult to work out too, because you got, you know, uh, similar personalities or different personalities and you got different pr- a pr- proportion of how people look at things. And I think with fathers and sons, it's always a very interesting combination because I, I will tell you, Matt and I had so many different discussions where I tell Matt, I don't see things that way. I disagree with that. And it was just a, a father and son thing. And I think yeah. that, is th- that is the nature of the, the relationship. It really is. I have to tell you, Marshall, that the word the word is potential potentially toxic, you know. <laughs> but 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 the but the fact of the matter is though, Marshall, in spite of that sameness that, that we were and we wanted to butt heads, the love was right. always right. there. The love right. never waned. Right. It was always there, always, and we always found a way to find that commonality and give a hug, yes. you know, and, and, and say, I, I'm, if I got mad at him or something, sorry, you right. know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm sorry that that happened, you know, right. and, and, and when you, when I, when I go back and I think, about how everything went, would I have changed it? Absolutely. I, I would have. I would have been more, more in love with him than in uh, in fights with him, verbal fights. You know, him and his mother resonated because she's the opposite of me, and so she was kind of the opposite of him. You know, so uh, it, it 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 it's a it's a tough it's a a toughie. When, when us as parents uh, lose uh, a child. Yes. Uh, well, let me, let me, you mentioned love, and I unfortunately have to take a quick break now, but I want to tell the audience a story about you and love that affected me and my family after Matt's loss because, you know, there's an old saying, if two people agree on every issue all the time, one of them is lying. So I think love and disagreements are two different things. You can disagree with somebody and still love them because you're trying to help them or whatever. But I want to take a quick break here and tell the audience to please come back for a very important story about love. I want to talk about my good friend, John Garrock. So again, we'll take a quick break and I'll be right back. And I want to thank you all for listening. And I'll be right back. I want to tell you a very important story about love and John Garrock. Be right back. Thank you very much. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's quite common for people to wonder whether happiness is real or just an illusion. 
Yet we all have an inner voice that is telling us that we need to change. Where to begin? Start by taking time out of your schedule every week for Revelations and Wonders, Secrets to Life and Happiness, with host Fabian Edju. There is a true beauty within your soul, and happiness flows from inside. We'll help you find that new confidence within. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Pauline Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening. I want to tell you the story that I mentioned before we took the break is that John was talking about love before we broke love of, of, of a child and losing a child. And I will tell you that at Matt's funeral, my son, David, came up to me afterwards and told me that an incredible friend of mine took him aside and gave him words of wisdom that he literally will keep within the rest of his life. And when I asked Dave, well, who was this good friend that told you this? And he told me it was John Gearock. And the reason I want to ask John about this in a second, I want to tell you a quick story that as many of you know, who listened to the podcast previously, that my son Matt died on July 22nd, 2018. And two days later, July 24th, 2018, my mother died. We actually had my mother's funeral before Matt's funeral. And John came to both my mother's funeral and Matt's funeral. My mother's funeral was on a Thursday night. Matt's funeral was on a Sunday. And John came to my mother's funeral and just gave me a hug. And because I knew he knew what it was like to lose a child, he gave me strength. And my secretary, Liz, lost her brother. Mike, at age 33, 2003, and Liz's mother, who I've known for years, did the same thing. And having John, who I knew, knew what it was like to lose a child, and having 
my secretary Liz's mother, who I knew knew what it was like to have a child hug me, the nonverbal communication was as important to me as anything that anybody said at the funeral because I knew they knew what strength you needed to survive this. And getting those hugs from the two of them, John here and my secretary's mother, gave me strength to go forward. And what I want to do now is I want to ask John to give insight to the audience because I know, unfortunately, there will be people listening to this podcast who are listening because they just lost a loved one. And some of those people will be people that lost children. And I know that's why they're listening. So, and we have been so pleased and so appreciative of the worldwide audience that we've had listening to this podcast that I told John before we went on the air that his words of wisdom could literally help somebody around the globe. So what I want to do is if John would be so kind to give the audience the insightful words that he gave to my son at Matt's funeral that made such a profound effect on his life, because I think it will make a profound effect on others' lives. So, John, if you could please open up and tell us what those words of wisdom were, because I think it's very important that the audience hears it. Well, Marshall, the thing that inspired me, and, and frankly, I was inspired by the Lord, while I listened to Dave talk at the funeral, uh, I felt, I heard and I felt the loss and the uh, spirit that Dave had crying out. Uh, and when he finished and when the rabbi closed the funeral at the end, and then we had breaking of bread, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, definitely both in the Christian realm and the Jewish realm, okay? Uh, I, I, I saw Dave, and I said, I got to talk to Dave about his hurting. And so I was able to sit down with Dave and talk to him about love and just about the fact that, you know, you were blessed with your brother for three decades. Yes. And I know he wasn't always there together because I knew that Matt lived in California. Yes. But the bottom line is they were still blessed with one another. And, uh, and I told him that, from my vantage point, in inspiration, this is not Girok talk, and this is Lord talk, that the Lord knows when it is time for somebody to come home to him. And I believe in my son's case, notwithstanding his age in life, it was just time. He was going to be struggling in life. I know Matt struggled in life. Yes. Uh, I, I talked to 
Marshall. I talked to yes. you about it, Marshall. Yes. And and I talked to Dave about it as well. And and unfortunately, you have to just continue to love those who struggled in life and who have gone home early because there's a place for everyone in this universe, in my opinion, to go and rest forever. And that is with God. And in my world, that is the most important thing to know because then you can have peace. It's a matter of, of also, I told Dave, you know, looking at the Lord's time, God's time, which is a timeless world, and our life where here we are languishing without our loved one. And yet, from my vantage point, again, inspiration from the Lord, the Lord's time, 100 years, is a snap of the fingers, maybe. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe 200 years, snap of the fingers. So my thought to Dave and my thought to everyone who loses someone in this life, whether it be a son, whether it be a daughter, whether it be a wife, whether it be a cousin, but whoever it might be, they are closed eyes and we will be together in a matter of the Lord's seconds. So it's not like they're missing us. And this is the, this is the essence, mm -hmm. uh, Marshall, of the speaking that occurred and, and the sharing between Dave and I that night. It was very, very God-based. And, and it was something from my vantage point that the Lord inspired me to do because I saw Dave hurting, Marshall, and yes. you. That's why the hugs, Marshall. And, yes. you know, that's what we need to do for one another and then go out, as we've discussed, Marshall, and you've discussed with me, and help others. Yes. That's the key to life. Yes. It's to pay it forward, help others, be understanding. And, uh, and, and just love other people. You know, your words really resonate so much with me because, you know, we talked off, off air that in July this past year, Debbie and I went to Israel and put prayer notes for Matt, my father, my mother, my best friend from Buffalo, Ted Brenner, who passed away a few weeks after Matt, my mother did. And, what you're saying about time really hit home because, you know, being at the Western Wall, you realize all these empires have come and gone. The Egyptians, the Romans, the Byzantines, the Crusaders, the Ottomans, they've all come and gone and the wall still exists and still survives and we're all here a short time. And some of those people were wonderful people. Some of those people were horrible people. The point I'm making here is that we're all here a short time, no matter how long it is, and you've got to do the best work you can while we're here. And I think what you 
said to Dave and what you said to me really resonated in the sense that it helped me and my family deal with the loss of a child. And I said this before that, you know, my parents lost two children. I lost two brothers, one older than me, one younger than me. And I really don't remember because I was too young at the time. And I always knew that was the worst thing that could happen to anybody because my parents talked about it for my whole life. Never thought it would happen to me. And it did. And I knew that my parents dedicated their lives to helping others that lost children. And I knew you reached out to me and my family and my son to help us deal with this loss. And myself, my wife, Debbie, and Dave all knew that we would be reaching out to people the rest of our lives to help, but specifically people that lost children because we spoke the same language. And what you both verbally and non-verbally reached out to us meant so much to us because we know you know what this journey is about. And I know people listening into this podcast, many people are listening specifically because they're on that same journey. And I will tell you, John, I've always respected you as a friend, as a person, but also as somebody that has taken your life and made it a tribute to your son, Christopher. And that's what I'm trying to do with Matt. And I think that what you said to me and what you said to Dave was just a clear example of that. And for that, I can't thank you enough, seriously. Well, Marshall, I have to thank you for being a true, true friend over these four decades that we've been uh, given in, in life to share. And it is precious little that I can do to uh, be a true friend to another true friend and maintain something that I believe the Lord God Almighty has made and nurtured, Marshall. And, and, and I, I, I really, in, in retrospect and now in the moment, uh, appreciate the fact that we're, we're having this moment, Marshall, and sharing it with people who may very well be in our same dilemma and, yes. and understanding that love conquers all. Yes. That, to me, is the key. You and Debbie now are conquering because of what you're doing on behalf of Matt. Yeah. Me and my wife are doing what we're doing on behalf of Chris and others in our family who have had untimely deaths. Yes. You know, and, and every, everyone, everyone teaches us something, Marshall. I lost a niece when she was 32. She had, she had a baby and had colon cancer, and it was bad, and uh, the doctor didn't catch it. And so after she gave birth, she only had her son for about a year. And mm. these are all tragedies in life that are because we're living in a diseased 
world with people who have minds of choice. And unfortunately, it creates a tough world. It's interesting you mentioned that because I just thought of something that my mother told me. And when my mother, my parents lost their second child, my mother talked to my father's father, my grandfather, and she asked, why did this happen? Why did I lose two children? And he said, why not? And she thought he was very curt when he said that, but she realized that what he continued, what we meant was this. He said, losing two children is a tragedy. It's your tragedy because it happened to you. If it happened to the next door neighbor, it would still be a tragedy, but it wouldn't be your tragedy. And his point was nobody, including when he was talking to my mother, is exempt from tragedy. And you have to realize that it's just if you're going to love, which we all need to love, you're going to grieve because we're all here a short time. And his point was maximize the time and the love that you have and don't dwell on why me because it's going to happen to everybody on this planet either you're going to pass and people are going to grieve you or you're going to live and people you love are going to pass and you're going to grieve them and i think my mother told me that it actually was a huge lesson for her that my grandfather was trying to impart to her and after matt's passing the words of my grandfather sort of resonated with me and it's just funny how these things sort of stick in your head and you realize that love does conquer all and love is what we need to do while we're here on this planet. And I think you have definitely done that. I, I unfortunately had to take a very quick break and want to ask John a very important question because I know John is a man of faith and I want to ask him after the quick break how his faith and his family have helped him with this journey of the loss of Christopher because I know my view of faith has evolved after Matt's passing and I'd be very interested because I know John is a man of faith and I'd be very interested in his thoughts on that so I want to tell you please uh, I want to thank you so much for listening and we'll take this short break and we'll be right back because I really want to ask John this very important question again thank you for listening we'll be right back after the short break it's your world motivate change succeed voiceamericaempowerment.com do you find yourself thinking that you're not good enough or that you're not lovable do you sometimes feel that there is something wrong with you and that you're hiding something these are more common thoughts than you would think it's time to talk about this Tune in to Where Words Can't Reach, Shedding Light on Our Dark Side with Dr. Madeline DeLittle, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening, and um, I'm glad we're back because I got a very important question for John. And John, the reason I'm asking you this is that... uh, before Matt's passing, I think I told you this off uh, air before we went on to broadcast, that I wasn't sure about afterlife, and I really didn't think about it. My, my parents were medical people, and they really did not believe in afterlife. And I, and I actually talked to our rabbi after Matt's passing about afterlife, and he said that there is a Jewish um, belief that there is an afterlife, but the Jewish uh, focus is being the best people we can be here while we're on this planet, and then the afterlife will take care of itself thereafter. So I will tell you that I have done a total 180. I do believe in afterlife now, and I, in a subsequent episode, I think I'll tell the audience, I don't want to go into it now, but I have had, I think, Matt visiting us and Matt contacting us after his passing. So I'm really interested in how your family and how you and how your faith has all helped you with the loss of Christopher. I'm very interested because I know you're a very um, devout man of faith, and I'm really interested in, as to how you've gone through this journey. Marshall, um, I would not be here today if it were not for God. I got closer to God when this happened because I knew that I would need him and his support as the creator of the universe and the creator of us. We were made in his image, but we were given a choice whether to believe or not believe. My 
my journey since this has happened uh, has been a journey of the Lord being with me every step of the way. Everybody has certainly heard about the person walking on the sand of the beach and wishing the Lord was there with them, not realizing that the Lord was carrying them, and that's why there were only two footprints in the sand. And that is a microcosm of what has happened to me, Marshall. The Lord has been carrying me. The Lord has been uh, just getting larger and larger and larger in my being to the point where every day now for many years, uh, uh, I, I feel inspired by him to purvey love to the people with whom I come in contact. And it's not just, it's not just on Sunday. It's every day of the week when I'm doing my work and somebody comes in and I see they're hurting. And I say, well, well wait a minute, let's take, let's take a break here. And let's talk about your hurting. What, what, why are you hurting? What's going on? And so therefore, Marshall, me personally, I have immersed myself in trying to love more people and help other people deal with the tragedies of life, no matter what they are. Now, my wife got mad at God, got mad that this happened. Why me, as you said about your mother, Marshall? That's why I appreciate you saying that today. And that was, that was, uh, that was wisdom. That was wisdom from your mother yeah. and, and your grandfather. And, and I loved hearing that because that's what happens in our lives. We think that'll never happen to us. Right. And then when it happens, what we do with it is what's going to define us down the road. And, and what you're doing, Marshall, is incredible for Matt. And what you've allowed me to do tonight for my son, Chris, to keep his memory there and, and alive. And his, uh, he lives within me now, Marshall. I'm living for him now. And you're living for Matt. Yes. And uh, it, it, it's all, it, all, it all boils down to love. And, and, and if you have it, and you have it for other human beings like I have for you, Marshall, and you and Debbie going through what you've gone through and are going through continuously. Uh, I just want to be a helper. That's all, you know, and, and, and that's, that's what drives me. You know, that's fantastic because I will tell you since Matt's passing, We've had many of his friends contact us and tell us stories about things that he did to help people that we never knew about. And I just feel what you're doing as a tribute to Chris and what I'm trying to do as a tribute to Matt is something that I think they would both be proud of us. And it's something that 
all of us should learn because again, we're all just here such a short time that you got to make it the most important time possible. And I've said this before that Matt was always in a rush and I never understood it because you know, I was looking at my parents, they're in their 80s, and they actually both live in their 90s. And I always sort of tell Matt, you know, Matt, slow down, you're going to live a long life. And he would look at me. And I think, looking back, I know that um, Dave told me that Matt mentioned to him that he knew he was not going to live a long life. He never told me that, but he told his brother that. And I've done a 180 now that I totally understand what Matt felt now because I'm 63 years old. You know, my, my dad lived to 91. My mom lived to 93. There's no guarantee I'll make that age. And whether I do or do not make that age is not the key point here. The key point here is I want to use every day as a tribute to Matt doing the things that he can't do. He was doing so much good work, helping so many people. And I feel like I've got to pick up from where he left off because he can't do it anymore. And every day is precious. And that is something when I say faith, you know, I, I know you and I've talked, um, you're a devout Christian and I'm, uh, uh, of the Jewish religion, and I have viewed religion as personal and helpful, and I really feel now that my view of the universe and the cosmic hugeness of everything makes every day precious to me, where before I didn't feel that way. and so. You know, the title of the show is what I learned from my son's death by suicide. That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned, that every day is precious, and I don't want to waste one of them. So what Matt taught me is that him being in a rush, which I never understood, I totally understand now, and I totally agree with his view of life don't waste a day. And it sounds like you have not wasted a day in your life, and especially since Christopher's passing. Well, Am I right? Yeah, no. And Marshall, I have to tell you, you, you said that they would be proud. In my world, and in my world that includes heaven, Matt and Chris are proud of us. They, they wouldn't, it's not would be proud. They are proud, Marshall. That's interesting. They live, and they are living in a different world than us, one that's perfect, one that is not messed up by people having choice anymore. And, uh, and, and I, I greatly appreciate, Marshall, the revelation that I've received from you here tonight, because we hadn't had a chance to talk about this, about the what you call afterlife and what I call heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe with all my heart and soul that the God who created us wants every single solitary one of us with him and that we will be with him. That is my fervent prayer every single solitary day of my life, Marshall, now. And it will never leave me. And so thank you for this opportunity tonight because it has been deep, Marshall. Well, John, I want to thank you so much because I do, as I mentioned before, I have totally changed my view of afterlife. And whether you call it afterlife or heaven, I, I think it's, it's the same thing, just different names. And I have said this before that after, again, another thing, I just really believe that the demarcation line between life and death, at least for me, has gotten so fuzzy that I used to think that it was this total, complete uh, brick wall that you couldn't see, couldn't feel anything on the other side. And I tell you that I, I see Matt every night in my dreams. I talk to him. I feel him. And that wall is not a brick wall at all. It is a very fuzzy, transparent wall that I almost feel that I could go back and forth on. And that is something I never thought about or even thought I would ever experience until Matt's passing. So I look at somebody like you that I know has led a great faith, faith-based faith life and view that as a wonderful thing because, again, as somebody of the Jewish religion, I take what the rabbi said very literally that we have to do the best we can while we're here and the afterlife will take care of itself afterwards. I know you're doing that and I'm trying to do that. And what you said about Christopher and Matt, I truly believe it. I, I misspoke that they, not they would be proud, but they are proud. And I will tell you that I'm proud, John, to call you my lifelong friend. And I'm proud of everything that you've done. I'm proud of the work you've done. I'm proud of the words of wisdom you gave to me and my family. And I'm proud of the words of wisdom you gave to this worldwide audience. The one thing I'm not proud of is that we're, we're running out of time because I'd like to talk to you. And I know I could talk to you for another 40 hours and we probably will be talking, but 39 hours will probably be about, be about football, but we, <laughs> we, for today, for today's, Amen, purposes, brother. for today's purposes, unfortunately, we have to close the show. And I again, want to thank you so, so much for being my guest, being my friend, and being such a help to my family in this time of need. And it really is something that I cannot uh, tell you how much you, uh, you meant to all of us. So I really want to thank you so, so much. And I want to thank the audience for listening in and hearing the words of wisdom from my lifelong very, very, very dear friend, John Gerock. So, John, I want to thank you so much for your friendship and for your help, for your understanding and for your uh, 
willingness to uh, uh, come on the show today and to help me help others get through the same journey you and I have been on for the day since we both lost our sons. Right back at you, Marshall, in, well, this, in, in spades. That's well, total 100% with you. I, we have the same uh, love for life, and we have the same picture of life, Marshall. That is, we are here but a short, short moment. Yes. Make the best of it, and that resonates with me, Marshall. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. And speaking of short, this episode was too short. I wish we had more time, but I want to thank the audience so much for listening in. I want to wish everybody a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. We hope we've given you some insight concerning the issues of surviving and thriving after the suicide death of a loved one during our program today. Please join your host, Marshall Adler, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a good week.